things get a little bit grim. But this is especially heinous. Did you tell the police that she was murdered, May? Nope. Witchy ghost stuff. Ah! Don't make me scared. A spooky girl amateur hour. I'm excited to uh, share this. Share this. Hacking wealth of knowledge with you. I can't wait. It's so dumb. Mine is um very conspiracy adjacent. Okay. It's fascinating. Okay. And I've been very interested in this and I was like, I have to cover this. Don't know where I'm gonna put it. Okay. So it so landed we, on a conspiracy. Here we go. Conspiracy is like the new grab bag. It's a free for all. <laughs> Just like, oh, this is weird. <laughs> What's it, <laughs> it should be a spinoff podcast. A little bit weird. <laughs> I think that's us every day. Oh, sorry, I'm trying to get my like life together. Here we are back in the blue room. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you know our like super secret surprise that we're talking about doing later on yeah, in yeah, the yeah. year. So I need to start packing my house yeah. to move. Uh-huh. And I'm going to box all the pod stuff. Okay. And bring it here, here so we can Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Y'all don't know what we're talking about, but, but you'll find out. We know what we're talking about. <laughs> Rarely. <laughs> But we do right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited for this thing. I'm excited too. And we need, I know we had a lot. A, 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 <laughs> a stroke. We had a stroke. We had an international listener <laughs> submit a listener's story. And I had to like, I was meeting a bunch of people for dinner when I saw it. And I did not greet a single person that walked into the restaurant. I was too busy reading this message and, like, having feelings about it. <laughs> and then I was like, excuse me for one minute. I'm so sorry. I need to see, scre- send these screenshots to my co-host. <laughs> Everybody's my like, co-host. what are you doing, you freaking weirdo? It's like girl who thinks she's the main character. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's me, though. Yeah, same. Absolutely. <laughs> main character energy here. I love that. I am very much the weird sassy sidekick friend what is that um oh my god i i should probably just stop while i'm ahead (laughs) on this you're not gonna finish that there's a movie and there's like a weird roommate every i know ever i know i think it's like failure to launch and there's like a uh, bird outside her window and it's like endangered and she kills it oh is it Ah, uh, that might be it. Is it failure to launch? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Sorry if everybody can hear me like jostling. I'm trying to like. We're all jostling. This is where I feel like we're off to a bumpy start. How's that? How y'all doing? <laughs> How y'all doing? We hope you're good. Sorry for this like weird rambly spirally down the toilet bowl intro to. A little bit grim. Hi, I'm uh, Taylor. That's Jenny. Yeah. I don't know why I introduced myself. I never do that. Why are we like this today? Is there's cool. a there's a planet somewhere doing something? It's something that shouldn't. Could you get back in line, please? That's what right. we need you to do. No joke. Uh, no, it's Pluto. Is it? Pluto's in retrograde. I just thought that we we're in Gemini season, and so things were a little wibbly wobbly. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that could also be it. The May Gemini's man. Oh, they'll get you. They will get you. Ian's birthday is just around the corner. Yeah. Oh wait, we're not in Gemini season. Wait a wait we're a Taurus season still. <sighs> Sorry. By this time, nope. This episode comes out in two days. So we're. Not- I'm I'm sweating. <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> nope, sorry. That's okay. not how this works. Taylor, edit it all out. Start with the beginning. I did a bad job. No, you didn't. Oh, my God. <sighs> this is a conspiracy episode. Yeah. It's it, going to be fun. It is going to be fun. I have... Um, it's my turn to go first. Are we jumping in like this? Do we have housekeeping or anything, or are we good? Um... Just want to. Oh my gosh! Why do I keep hitting stuff? It's, it's that Gemini Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be the thing that I blame things on for the mm-hmm. next sixty days. Yeah, Pluto's in Gemini. I can't. Pluto's in Gemini. I just can't do anything right. Oh my gosh. Um, just so we get it out of the way now, we don't have to remember at the very end, but we will probably remind you again. Uh, if you are interested in being featured on a grab bag episode, you can go ahead and send us our your listener story. We did get some uh, glitch in the matrix stories we're really excited about. <gasps> yeah. So um, you can either send us an email at a little bit grim at gmail.com or you can go to our website, a little bit grim.com and fill out the form and send us an email that way. Yeah. Or slip and slide into them DMs. Yeah. We're so reachable, guys. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm available. We are so easily accessible. <laughs> sound, all of it sounds bad. It's bad. All of it's bad. Oh my gosh. Oh, Lord. Right. Okay, okay. Taylor. Yes. Lend me your ears. That is what I'm here for. I want to give you a kernel of information uh, about a really poppin' subject. After you hear it, you might go, oh, shucks. There's a field of study on this phenomenon, and it's really important, so let's stalk about it. I'm sorry if these jokes are too corny, but today I want to tell you about crop circles. Those are corn jokes. Corn I'm speechless. Corn crops. <laughs> crop it all out. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to learn all about crop circles. My mom was obsessed. With crop circles? Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, my God. Of course she was. That sounds, yeah. (laughs) The most Joni thing that's ever happened. (laughs) Um, I weirdly have sources for this. Um, Australian Geographic, Wikipedia, Vice, and a very interesting character that I will talk about later on. Um, On a foggy morning Mm -hmm. in January 1966, George Pedley... A banana farmer from Uramo near Tully in far north Queensland was driving his tractor past a lagoon on his property when he suddenly heard a loud ear-piercing hissing above the noise of the engine. Don't like it. Thinking he'd sustained a puncture, George immediately stopped to check the tractor's tires. But before he had a chance to even step down from the cabin, a flying saucer rose at great speed from near the lagoon. My body was frigid with fright, the flustered farmer told reporters soon after his encounter, and the so-called saucer vanished in a puff of blue vapor. George cautiously went to investigate, and what he found would change his life forever. Unlike the vast majority of UFO reports, where there is little, if any, tangible evidence, this unidentified aircraft had, according to George, left a nest-like mark 
nine meters in diameter in the lagoon's floating reeds. Hmm. Furthermore, many of the reeds were fused together, presumably by the heat of the engine, and continued to swirl for some time in a clockwise direction. Looking for logical explanations, meteorologists suggested the saucer nest may have been created by a whirlwind of sorts, but when a lack of other evidence failed to confirm this theory, Tully made international headlines. Mm. The Tully saucer nest heralded the start of the worldwide phenomenon of the modern crop circle, with reports in subsequent years as far afield as the USA, Japan, and most commonly southern England. However... What became as simple circles and bulrushes soon morphed into intricate patterns mysteriously appearing in a wide range of crops, with many charlatans continuing mm. to peddle the alien theory, including me. Crop, Absolutely. Crop circle charlatan at your service. <laughs> Otherwise known as a... Um... <laughs> it's a ceratologist. What? A ceratologist. It's the study of crop circles. Oh, oh. Uh, it autocorrected to ceremony in oh. my phone. <laughs> Ceratologist. It was a burgeoning pseudoscience until 1991 when two guys tried to ruin the party. Artists Doug Bauer and Dave Chorley, who confessed that inspired by the 1966 Tully Nest, they had faked hundreds of crop circles. Freaking gotta ruin it for everybody. Mm-hmm. Despite this revelation, some dedicated Sarah. Serialogists continue to claim a significant percentage of crop circles are footprints of extraterrestrial activity. Mm-hmm. As to why intelligent life would travel millions of kilometers from a faraway galaxy, weave odd patterns in remote fields, and disappear without a trace is anyone's guess. So why the Tully Salser Ness is credited to have been the start of the crop circle phenomenon, some say it was not the first report. In 1678... Holy... Oh, my. I know. A news pamphlet called The Mowing Devil or Strange News out of Hertfordshire. I want that newspaper (laughs) so bad. (laughs) I would frame it and put it on my wall. It would be amazing. I will look for this piece of history. Um, Is this uh, news pamphlet is claimed by some crop circle devotees to be the first depiction of a crop circle. Crop circle researcher Jim Schnabel does not consider it to be a historical precedent because it describes the stalks as being cut rather than bent. An 1880 letter to the editor of Nature by amateur scientist John Rand Capron describes how a recent strange storm had created several circles of flattened crops in a field. In 1932, the archaeologist E.C. Kerwin observed four dark rings in a field at Souton Down near Chichester, but could only examine one, a circle in which the barley was lodged or beaten down while the interior area was slightly mounded up. Hmm. In 1963, Patrick Moore described a crater in a potato field in Wiltshire that he considered was probably caused by an unknown meteoric body. In nearby wheat fields, there were several circular and elliptical areas where the wheat had been flattened. There was evidence of spiral flattening, and he thought they could be caused by air currents from the impact since they led towards the crater. Which sounds like a stretch. Yeah, that's weird. I don't think that could be the one. But what do I know? <laughs> the majority- You're not a, a serotologist. <laughs> no, I'm not a serotologist. <laughs> we'll but I would to like the, to be. Our, our list of PhDs. <laughs> what if one day 
like some whack school issues us like an honorary doctorate and bullshit or something uh i think that we already have that but i would gladly hang that on our wall i feel like that we could just print it off yeah yeah the majority of reports of crop circles have appeared and spread since the late 1970s as many circles began appearing throughout the english countryside the phenomenon became widely known in the late 1980s at the after the media started to report crop circles in hampshire and wiltshire after Bauer and Chorley's 1991 statement that they were responsible for many of them, circles then started appearing all over the world. Hmm. To date, approximately 10,000 crop circles have been reported internationally. That is a lot of crop circles. I know. I didn't even know we had that many crops. <laughs> <laughs> um, from faraway locations such as the former Soviet Union, the UK, Japan, US, and Canada. Skeptics note a correlation between crop circles, recent media coverage, and the absence of fencing and or anti-trespassing legislation. Interesting. Interesting. But, like, you know, it could just be that, like, the aliens are law-abiding. They're very cur- courteous. They are courteous. what's happening. Yes. Considerate. Mm-hmm. Nice guys. Um, although farmers express concern at the damage caused to their crops... Local response to the appearance of crop circles is often enthusiastic, with locals taking advantage of the increase of tourism and visits from scientists, crop circle researchers, and individuals seeking spiritual experiences. That's a wide range of folk. No kidding. I would (laughs) love to be a crop circle groupie. Oh my gosh, just to watch like people freak out and like do their own weird shit about it. Yeah, I'd go stand in a field like dressed in all white and have a spiritual experience. I'll do that on a random Tuesday. I don't need any additional help, but thank you. <laughs> no need to be in a wheat field. I can do that at home. <laughs> the market for crop circle interest consequently generated bus or helicopter tours of circle sites, walking tours, t-shirts, and book sales. So, obviously, the elephant in the room here uh, are aliens. Yeah, it's aliens. It's you always, can't convince me it's, it's not. not. No. What? There's no other logical... Well, I mean... Listen. It's aliens. <laughs> I have a very fun Joni story, story for you after this. So okay. Keep going and okay. I'll tell you. Extraterrestrials or other dimensional beings are thought to be the cause of crop circles, not some weather phenomenon or artsy trespassers using sacred geometry to trick the news outlets. And the way these crops are bent at the stalk and not broken indicates that they really aren't man-made. If you look at the aerial views of crop circles, which I have so many for the Instagram. Can't wait. Um, the sheer scale, because some of these are huge, mm-hmm. and for them to appear overnight, right? Right. It's, yeah. It seems improbable for humans. Well, and when you think about it, because all these people come, scientists and researchers, and there is never physical evidence indicative of humans ever being present. There's, It's a field, so it's muddy. There's no footsteps. There's no trash left behind. There's... No ripped clothing, nothing. That entire tracks. There is nothing that ever indicates. Which means something came from the sky, went, and then went, back up. (laughs) Can you put that sound on a loop? (laughs) Do everything in my my power to do that. Thank you. Um, It's a little hard to imagine people as actually having the wherewithal to be the perpetrator, right? Mm -hmm. And it begs the question... Of, like, for why, though? What's happening? Right. 
But why? But why? I want to know what the logic is. So <laughs> I have assumptions. Do you have theories for me? Oh boy, do I. It seems unlikely that we as humans in on Earth are significant enough for such a technologically advanced alien race to come leave their marks in our fields. Mm-hmm. Nations around the world plant flags on like strange faraway places. So like the South Pole, the North Pole, oh, the moon. Yeah. So it's possible that this is like just a gentle way of them being like. Dibs. Yeah. <laughs> like. Bebop, boop, boop, visited Earth. Yep. Was here. Bob was here. Bob was here. Um, as crop circles are reported, their intricacies and details have gradually gotten more and more complex. Hmm. Um, and it could be their way of acclimating Earth to, a, to the idea of otherworldly entities visiting our planet. So they're just trying to, like, get our attention. Yeah. And not be overtly terrifying. Yeah, they're not, like, it's not a threat. No. Um, it could be Alien Google Maps 2.0. Yeah. Where there, it's just, like, road signs Yeah, for them. That, like, hey, over here are, like, these people, and over here is this. And right. Cows. Like, careful with these. These humans are mean. Right. These, these humans are a little testy. Yeah. <laughs> Would not recommend. <laughs> not very hospitable. No. Inhospitable. <laughs> Give it zero stars if I could. (laughs) There's no shortage of theories as to why aliens are destroying our food crops with their intergalactic graffiti. (laughs) There's a laundry list of strange occurrences that are reported around these sites after the crop circle has been left. Really? Yes. So um, all electronic devices that are brought into it malfunction Um, People report strange tingling, headaches, malaise, exhaustion. Um, There's even been some, and I found it like offhandedly mentioned in one article. And when I tried to like search that specific crop circle, I couldn't ever find it again. So I didn't put it in, but I'll just like verbally throw it in the mix here. Love that. That when you like, you can go and take like um radium radiation levels oh yeah that this site was found to be slightly radioactive Mm. after the crop circle had arrived like as in like radio nothing should have been growing yeah i know i know so let me talk to you about andy thomas i can't wait andy thomas is a serotologist he was interviewed by vice and this is my favorite interview to date oh my god that i've ever watched he's amazing great he's a researcher of mysteries the paranormal and crop circles andy thomas andy thomas all right bud it's such an unassuming name for such a wild character i mean if some guy were to walk up to you and be like hi i'm andy i want to have like a conversation with you about crop circles i'd be like if you saw this i feel like your name should be like damien What's Elon Musk's kid's name? <laughs> X Aerotech 911 or yeah. whatever. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so Andy Thomas began investigating crop circles in 1991. He was so moved by photos of crop circles that he knew he would have to dedicate the rest of his life to investigating them. Oh my gosh. And that was 27 years ago. Wow. He's still learning. 
In his interview with Vice, um, he reported that once while visiting a new crop circle, he and a colleague were standing up on a knoll overlooking the site so they could get, like, an aerial view. Um, and three giant glowing orbs silently rose out of the field mm. and then shut off. Shut up. Mm-hmm. He reported that his hair was standing on end like the air was filled with static electricity. He has also seen small dark shadows flying over the fields that were soundless and eerie. He doesn't personally think that there are any negative intentions with crop circles and that, in fact, they are quite benevolent. Um, we all know that the crop circles in Mel Gibson's Signs. Yes. Which is a terrifying movie. Oh, so scary. Still to this day, I have a hard time. Um, they, like, prelude in very evil alien race that's like trying to kill all of us. Uh-huh. Um, but that doesn't seem to be the case in Mr. Thomas's opinion. Hmm. And if we're being honest, it does seem like a very bizarre way to like strike fears into the hearts <laughs> of humanity to like come to very beautiful scenic rural areas and just leave like beautiful, awe-inspiring designs in wheat. Yeah, they just took a stamp and went, Koop. Yeah, it's a wax seal. Yeah. Yeah. Alien postage. <laughs> Sent with love. <sighs> Lots of love. <laughs> now, um, Andy Thomas claims that direct messages have been left behind in crop circles. What was? Direct messages. Oh, this oh is Listen to this. This is bananas. Um, almost like, okay, so this one particular crop circle, it's like AOL instant messaging. Remember AIM? Yeah. When you'd put like your away message up. Uh-huh. That was like emo song lyrics. It was like simple plan lyrics. Oh, like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. have to eat dinner with the fam. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mine was like, my heart will never heal. Oh, my God. So dramatic for oh, no reason. This is, oh, God. It was, I cringe every time I think about myself in middle school. So. Same. <laughs> if you knew me, no, you don't. <laughs> Not no more. Um, one very famous crop circle in 2002. So it looks like an alien holding a sphere and in the shape of the crop circle. Looks like a creature holding a sphere. Okay. And in the sphere, there is binary code. <gasps> Shut up. Which <gasps> we all know computers can read and decipher and translate. So they uploaded it into a computer. Oh, my God. And the software translated it as beware the bearers of false gifts and their broken promises it went on to warn about opposed deception and that the conduit was closing what i have no idea so now if you are a seeing as believing type of human standing around in an empty field is probably not the best way to go about meeting an alien Uh uh-huh if that's what you're trying to do Andy Thomas would recommend instead heading to one of the many UFO hotspots in the world, like Roswell, New Mexico, Nome, Alaska, Warminster, England, the M Triangle in Russia. I've never heard of that. I had never heard of it either. It will be an upcoming episode. Um, There is no shortage of these places where locals report seeing UFOs and humanoids. However, no humanoids have ever been reported Uh as being seen in a crop circle. They just appear overnight beautiful intricate designs that would be near impossible for a human to ever replicate and that's all that they are they're just there and we don't know why or how the amount of things in this world that we just don't have answers to is astounding it is astounding 
Why don't we know what's in the ocean? Why don't why, we know that? Why are we going to space when we don't know what's in our oceans? It seems like appreciate what you have, you know? Mm-hmm. I, uh, what are we doing? I, have no, I could not tell you. We don't even know what's in our national forests. There are feral people who live in the national parks. Right? I watched a TikTok today about a girl from Appalachia and she was so big mad about people saying there's feral people. Why? In that area, she's like, it's just rural people. Let us have our things. Well, no, no, no. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's different. I'm talking like hills have eyes. Yeah, no, there. I do think that there are those, like, clans out there. Yeah. That haven't been humanized. humanized. Well, it's like um, the, on North Sentinel Island, that human tribe that you can't They will kill you. Yeah, you can't even get near them. They'll kill you. Yeah, like, very quickly. Yeah, they, like, fire arrows into your boat. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah them yeah the, it, oh my goodness there's there's too many things on this planet we don't know about yeah the depths of the amazon oh my gosh that's one of my worst fears is getting like lost in the amazon or like lost in a big like forest no i guess not necessarily a forest because we're very like familiar with i guess i'm familiar with like a a small patch of trees like a deciduous a, forest really like a forest <laughs> but the woods the, yeah the amount of things that could kill you by looking at you in the Amazon is a really high number. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm out with the spiders. I, get, I can't do jungle spiders. And they're everywhere, you know? And they're big. Yeah, because the bugs are bananas. And, like, I could live with that, except something's got to eat the bugs. And that's the spiders. <laughs> and that's the spidey boys. And we don't get down. That's the spidey boys. And they make webs that are, like, eight feet across. And <laughs> I just... Creepy crawly. <sighs> Yeah. I'm just not convinced that a spider wouldn't eat me. You know, like, if you're trying to tell me that there's not a four-foot giant spider living in the jungle. <laughs> that would make you a whole-ass snack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he slides into your DMs. It's <laughs> like, hey, girl. Girl, what up? You looking slim, thick in those jeans. <laughs> what you doing over there? <laughs> Can I offer you a fly? <laughs> Can I, I offer you a scrumptious fly I, on this trying day? I caught it myself. <sighs> Hi, Izzy. There's a burnt marshmallow who wants to be my friend. Hi, Toasty Marshmallow. Who is Toasty Boy? I'm going to play it very cool. Yeah. I I'm just, I'm not it. even going to look at him. This never worked out well for me, like when I was dating people either. <laughs> I, you gave the cold shoulder one too many times? I learned in therapy. <laughs> that I have boundary issues. Oh, okay. But my boundary issues are the opposite of your boundary issues. Mm. Where like you, because I remember like in your early 20s, like you had to learn how to set strong boundaries with people. I set too many boundaries and it makes me very cold. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. If somebody like slights me, even I like, I'll never bring it up with you. Like, unless you're my core tribe. Yeah. Like, you, Ian, Britt. Yeah. The, whatever, the tribe. Um, but if you are you don't know me like that and you do something that slightly inconveniences me, I will slash you out of my life. So fast. So quick. Done. And um, those, I found out, are also boundary issues. I thought I was just a Scorpio. Hmm. Easy to chalk it up to that. I can see how that would happen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Opposite hmm. sides of the spectrum. Too many boundaries. Are just as damaging as not enough boundaries. Uh, boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. So fun. I disagree. I hate it. I also hate it. 
So uh, in the same conversation of us having way a lot, way not enough information about things that we deal with every day. Okay. I'm going to tell you about my theory for the day. Oh, no. Like I said, this topic is a little more theory than conspiracy, but it's a fun topic and one that fits into this category because science has yet to prove one way or another why this happens. You have a gleam in your eye that I just find so unsettling right now. <laughs> this started to quite the report. Okay. I was, I've been working on this for probably a week and I have to be like, okay, like 15 minutes is it. Like that's all I'm going to put into this. And oh then God. it turned into eight pages. <gasps> So I'm going to get through it as fast as I can. Only you could write a full ass report on something with so few facts. Yeah. Nobody. We don't have any facts. It's a talent. I love it. Thanks. Okay. I'm excited to hear. All right. It happens to the poorest person and the richest, the elite and the less fortunate. We all dream. But what do our dreams mean? Wait, hold on. <laughs> I got goosebumps on my butt. Ooh. <laughs> what? We talk about dream yeah. stuff? Oh my god. Okay, okay, okay. Philosophers have been fascinated by dreams for thousands of years. The ancient Sumerians in Mesopotamia have left evidence of dream interpretation dating back to at least 31,000 BC. No, 3100 BC. So sorry. <laughs> Wrong. In ancient Egypt, as far back as 2000 BC, the Egyptians wrote down their dreams in, on papyrus. People with vivid and significant dreams were thought to be blessed and were considered special. Oh, like you. Fun. With your prophetic dreams. Yeah. In Chinese history, people wrote, wrote of two vital aspects of the soul, which one is freed from the body during slumber to journey um, in a dream realm while the other remained in the body. In ancient times, there were few schools of thought. There were a few schools of thought when it came to dreaming. Your number one, your soul left your body during sleep. Two, your dreams were messages from a deity. Mm. Or three, dreams are an expression of your inner desires. Ooh. Additionally, the earliest Greek beliefs about dreams were that their gods physically visited the dreamers, where they entered through a keyhole, exiting the same way after the divine message was given. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sir, you do not have permission to enter my room. What Thank a gross you. way to break into a house. Oh, through a keyhole? Ugh. While we still don't know a lot about why we... Uh, about how we dream or why, we do know that everyone dreams every time they sleep. We dream for about two hours every night, but you may or may not remember dreaming. It wasn't until the 1950s that the first sleep lab was created and REM sleep was discovered. Oh. About 74% of people recall the dreams of REM sleep, while 17 people do recall dreams from, from non-REM sleep. Okay. I don't know what happened to the other 9% of people. <laughs> They know. died in their sleep. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, since the 1950s, dream research has gotten more attention. However, varying methods of collection largely influence the frequency and length of dream reports. Basically, the data and theories fluctuate in every study. Ugh. Here are some cool things we do know about dreaming. In one study, researchers even created a rudimentary dream content map that they were able to track what people dreamed about in real life using magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI. What? Uh, the map was then backed up by the dreamer's reports upon waking. <laughs> what? So they can pinpoint where your brain activity is, like, based on what you're dreaming about. Oh, my God. It's so cool. Can you imagine if they were ever able to, like, 
record that and then play it back. Oh, I would kill for it. I would love to have like a little USB that just goes right into my pillow and then I can just load up my dreams in the morning so I can rewatch them. Oh my gosh, so weird. Gives me the heaps. Uh, you lose muscle tone when you're sleeping so that you don't act out your dreams and hurt yourself. So if you're about to throw a punch in your dream, that's why you can never throw a punch like in your dream because you lose your muscle tone. Oh my God. I always wondered whenever I try to run from something in my dreams, Mm -hmm. my legs get noodly and I can't move. Yeah, it's because your brain is like, don't actually freaking run though. Ew. Right? Why my brain is so bossy. I know. Mine is too. You can't regulate your body temperature by sweating or shivering. So your body temperature naturally drifts toward the temperatures of your room. Your breathing and heart rate become irregular, so if you have sleep apnea, it is more prominent during REM sleep. And your pupils constrict, possibly serving to protect your eyes if you're exposed to brighter light. Oh, interesting. Fun facts. Okay. Uh, Dreams can be super vivid because neurotransmitters vary in intensity while we are in REM sleep. Some are more pronounced while others are repressed or suppressed. Repressed. Suppressed. Whatever. (laughs) I don't know what the difference is. Acetylcholine, which maintains brain activation, is more prominent, as is dopamine, which give which some researcher, researchers link to hallucinations. Dopamine may help give dreamers their surreal quality. Hmm. The relationship between space and time also changes when we dream. Time may last forever or pass by very quickly. Meanwhile, REM sleep suppresses the neurotransmitters that um, actually keep us awake, such as histamine, serotonin, and norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. Thus, we're less conscious of our environment. Some researchers suspect that the thalamus, the gateway for sensory input, is um, actually closes when we dream. So, there are many theories about why we dream, so we'll just go through okay. some of these theories. I'm, this is wild. <laughs> I know. Uh, so some believe that in the, it's called the day-to-day theory, in our waking hours, we see and hear so many things that we are not capable of processing them all while we're experiencing them. So this theory says that we try to process these daily occurrences in our dreams. That I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. This theory also lends itself to the idea that our brains try to interpret external stimuli while we're sleeping. So if you have ever had a dream that a dog is barking and then you wake up and a dog is barking, that's your brain trying to make sense of that external. Yeah. Whatever is happening. You can also think of your brain like a computer. So dreaming would be the act of opening and deleting unnecessary photos and files and just looking at them being like, not needed. Close it out. So it's just decluttering your mind. Oh my God. We're like computers. Right? Binary code. (laughs) All right. Uh, So the next theory is about your emotions. Uh, Many believe that dreams are tied to our emotions. If you've ever had a stressful day, you're more likely to have stressful dreams or nightmares. Conversely, some actually think that the opposite occurs. The just true facts about dreaming. Nobody knows what's happening. Okay. True facts. (laughs) So some think that the opposite occurs in some people and they have, if they have a stressful day, they will have good dreams because they're trying to regulate and balance their stress emotions. Okay. Uh, There is the reverse learning theory. The reverse learning theory suggests that we dream to forget. Our brains have thousands of neural connection between memories, too many to remember them all, and that dreaming is kind of like pruning those connections. So it just cuts off certain memories. Well, I wish my brain would consult me on which memories we're deleting. Yeah, like I need some of those. Right. I did not write that down. I wish I could have remembered any kind of math. 
Why did we delete those? Same. (laughs) There is a threat simulation uh, theory, which I really like. Okay. So based on the work of a Finnish cognitive neuroscientist and psychologist, this theory suggests dreaming is preparation for real-life situations that may pose a threat. So our sleeping brains focus on the fight-or-flight mechanism to prepare us for life-threatening or emotionally intense scenarios. So if you're being chased in your dream, your brain is trying to prepare you for that if you ever have to run for your life when you're awake. Oh my. Even my dreams have anxiety. Same. In like, I, very like Enneagram 6 for like, I like this theory. And to be prepared yeah. for bad things. I yeah. like I've been training my whole life for this. Yes. <laughs> um, so, but wait. Yeah. Sorry. So that means like your brain has to acknowledge like if you're being chased by something that's a threat because like through millions of years of evolution that when you're being chased by something you're about to get eaten yeah and i just think that it's so weird that how our brains have have kept up yeah that it's i I don't know it's wild yeah it knows that if you are being chased that's not a good sign ew i know I think that's just a sign that people aren't meant to run, so I will continue to not jog. Yeah, my chiropractor, he did not yell at me. He just was like, so are you doing any kind of exercising? And I was like, yeah, I'm work- like, I'm working out, and then I'm walking a few times a day, or a few times a week. And he was like, okay, like, what kind of walking, though? Like, is it a leisurely pace, or are you, like, walking with a purpose? And I was like, I don't know. Ew, what am I'm I? I'm just s- walking. Let me walk in peace. Like, what? Ah. <sighs> And he was like, yeah, you should try to get down your mile. And I was like, I I understand that I'm going to, like, a sports chiropractor, so he's competitive. But I'm like, bro, I don't, I don't know. Listen. Just give me the crack crack. I'll give you my money. <laughs> give me them snippety snaps. <laughs> and then we can meet again in two weeks. <laughs> Please stop trying to bully me about taking care of or Taking Take care, care of myself. myself. I gotta what are you, a medical professional? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this next theory is the organization of knowledge and memories. Research published in 1985 suggests that the purpose of dreams is to organize knowledge and to form brain connections, which helps um, memory recall. This theory suggests that dreaming is an opportunity for the brain to problem solve, make decisions, and prioritize. Huh. The self-organization theory of dreaming explains that dreaming is a side effect of brain neural activity as memories are consolidated during sleep. So during this process of unconscious information redistribution, it is suggested that memories are either strengthened or weakened. According to the self-organization theory, while we dream, helpful memories are made stronger, while less useful ones fade away. Like math. Well, poof. I disagree. (laughs) I mean, we're here. (laughs) I'm not trying to micromanage how my brain sorts through my bullshit, but I just don't think that that's the one for me. That was not a great choice. No. Uh, research supports this theory, finding improvement in complex tasks when a person dreams about doing them. Uh, studies also show that during REM sleep, low-frequency theta waves were more active in the frontal lobe, just like when they are when people are learning, storing, and remembering information when awake. What? Isn't that crazy? Your brain's just doing all kinds of shit. Is this why, like, you're supposed to let, like, newborn babies listen to classical music when they're like living inside of your body maybe or like when they sleep isn't that a thing don't people play classical music for babies because it makes them smarter maybe okay i don't know my cat's probably throwing up or something okay Uh, okay 
the creative theory. Mm. Another theory about dreams says that their purpose is to help us solve problems, which is kind of related to the last one. But in the creative theory of dreaming, the unconstrained, unconscious mind is free to wander. It's limitless potential while unburdened by the often stifling realities of the conscious world. In fact, research has shown dreaming to be an effective promoter of creative thinking. Scientific research and evidence back up the fact that many people (laughs) do successfully mine their dreams for inspiration and credit their dreams for their big aha moments. Such as... Oh, God. Beatles legend has it that Paul McCartney composed the melody for Yesterday, the most covered song in history, in a dream one night in 1964. Edgar Allan Poe suffered from nightmares throughout his life, and they were Mm -hmm. said to be sometimes um, inspiration for his poems and short stories. Mm Mm-hmm. He also wrote several poems about the phenomenon of dreaming, such as Dreamland and A Dream Within a Dream. That's one of my favorite. A Dream Within a Dream. Yeah? Yeah. That and Lenore. It's a good one. Uh, it's been a long time since I've read Edgar Allan Poe, but I, I know... have a copy of his complete works that I stole from Norwell High School. What up? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 hey. Stole that. I still have it. Read it a lot. <laughs> um. Stephen King has said that his dreams help him to portray events symbolically in his writing. Larry Page dreamt up the idea of Google. Dr. James Watson saw a spiral staircase in a dream in 1953, which inspired the idea of the double helix spiral structure of our DNA. What? Yeah. Pioneering chemist Dmitry Mandeliev spent 10 years trying to create a pattern that connected the chemical elements together. One February night, just as he was on the verge of a major breakthrough, he fell asleep and dreamed up the idea he'd been searching for. Writing in his diary, Mandeliev said, I saw in a dream a table where all the elements fell into place as required. Awakening, I immediately wrote it down on a piece of paper. And that's how we got the periodic table. Ew. Cool. What? (laughs) So wild. So you're telling me to sleep more. Sleep on it. (laughs) Sleep on it. Literally sleep on it. Uh, Freud's theory, Freud believed that dreams reflected our unconscious desires, thoughts, wishes, and fulfillments. According to Freud, dreams allow us to live out our darkest fantasies that would not be acceptable in real life. While many of Freud's assertions have been debunked, research suggests that there is a dream rebound effect, also known as a dream rebound theory, in which the suppression of a thought tends to result in dreaming about it. Hmm. So, like, the more you try not to think about something, the more you're going to think about it. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. I mean. So, there is a type of dreaming we're going to talk about called parasomnia, and it is the fear of dreaming. (gasps) What? Or the fear of sleeping. Okay. Um, But Cannot relate to that even a little. uh, I'll tie it back in. But first, um, stress dreams are a kind of dreams people have. Stress can play a major role in the types of dreams we have because people experiencing stress and anxiety tend to have issues falling asleep and staying asleep. They end up short-circuiting their cycle and cause more vivid dreams. Ah. High stress can lead to repetitive dreams. And there are two sides of stress and anxiety dreams. Some people think an anxiety dream is the cause of their daily anxiety, while others believe that their anxiety is what causes these types of dreams. Got it. And I'm in camp too. Like, I very much believe that like my day-to-day stress causes me to have nightmares sure um and i didn't even think about it being viewed like a different way that then the nightmares keeping people up will cause them to have anxiety the next day the next day weird healthline.com says in a 2014 study uh trusted source of two 
127 adults. Those who met criteria for generalized anxiety disorder had more bad dreams than participants who did not have anxiety. The study authors also found evidence to suggest that bad dreams led to greater daytime feelings of anxiety and depression and lower quality of life. In short, anxiety and nightmares can feed into each other, creating an unpleasant cycle. Gross. Yeah. Okay, so wait. Let's say you have anxiety dreams, mm-hmm. but you're not remembering them. Like okay. you're having nightmares, but you don't know that you're having nightmares. Okay. Is that going to affect like your mental health? It could. Even you, without you knowing it? Like because your brain isn't like resting as much as it should be it's still like firing so like you're waking up tired yeah so so like that would end up affecting like your day-to-day yeah um and i would imagine after a long enough period of time that it would cause increased depression i hate that not being able to get enough sleep or not feeling rested it's like you can't even help it right like was your body trying to sabotage you like that what purpose is this serving right don't try this shit with me (laughs) get in line (laughs) i will take a tylenol pm so quick oh yeah shut you right down (laughs) Um, I wanted to get more into this next topic, but there is just so much information. And there's like, this is the the tip of the iceberg. Like, okay. there's so much. This is the abridged. Yes. Version of what I could have given you. If you wanted to be here for two hours, I could have done that. But I decided <laughs> to spare you. You're welcome. Um, all right. Lucid dreams. Ooh. Lucid dreaming is where you're aware that you are dreaming. And it's not uncommon for people to have had lucid dreams, but it's more rare for adults to have them. Okay. Only 27% of adults report having at least one lucid dream a month, which I was like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And they were like, only 27%. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Um, in a lucid dream, you once you become aware of the fact that you're dreaming, you can control your dreams and you can do anything you want. I've never been able to become aware of the fact that I was dreaming and remain asleep. Really? Really. It just wakes you up. It startles mm-hmm. you. Yeah. It's like, as soon as I real, I don't know what it is. I've we'll talk about my dream it's fine okay we'll move on uh nightmares and night terrors a nightmare is a disturbing dream associated with negative feelings such as anxiety or fear that awakens you while nightmares are more common in children between the ages of three and six people can have them at any age and research shows that young girls have more nightmares than young boys do i did not know that i mean i can honestly understand why right I feel like women are taught from a younger age that to be afraid. The, yeah, that the world is dangerous. Yeah. That's very true. Although nightmares are common, nightmare disorder is relatively rare. Nightmare disorder is when nightmares often uh, happen, they cause stress, they disrupt sleep, and cause problems with daytime functioning or create a fear of going to sleep. Ooh. Um I realized as I was doing this that like when I was probably like 13 or 14 um i i think that's when my anxiety kicked in like when i probably should have been diagnosed with that yeah um but i would have really bad nightmares and then i wouldn't want to go to sleep so i would fight going to sleep i would try to stay up all night i would like go to my mom's door and like cry because like i wanted to sleep in her room with her Mm -hmm. and i was not allowed to do that i had to sleep in my room i did the same thing when i was about the same age what i would sneak into my parents room at this is so fucked up i was sneaking into my parents room at night and Uh like bring my pillow and a blanket and roll up into a burrito at the foot of their bed 
Oh, I would do that. Yeah. If they would let me on the bed, I would have done that. They made me sleep on the floor. Yeah. Um, they were like, if you're going to be in here, like. You're sleeping on. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> they were watching a movie one night. And I was like, um, excuse me, can you turn it down? And they were like, you're in our room. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake, let me have peace. You are in my room. I know. Oh, my gosh. But I did that probably for a solid year. Yeah. I would hate hate going to sleep mm-hmm. oh god it's so scary it's a well, weird time that's why i so i know i mentioned it um like maybe a couple episodes ago but i sleep with fraser on yeah. every single night um but that's because when i was a kid i was so afraid mm-hmm. of going to sleep i had to listen to i'd have like the radio on okay and um my lights on yeah yeah Oh, I would go to sleep and watch Disney movies every night to try oh. to, like, calm myself down. Yeah. But I had the Beauty and the Beast on VHS. And so I would put that in, but I would always wake up when they're storming the castle. Because it got loud? Because it would get loud. And then I would be afraid. And then I couldn't get back to sleep. Did After you rewind that, it and start it over? I would try. And, like, just... It was just a cycle. Every single night. <laughs> Anyway, uh, night terrors are a more physical reaction to sleep. Night terrors are recurring nighttime episodes that happen while you're like asleep asleep. Like they are different in, from dreams because you don't really remember them. Yeah. Um, when a night terror begins, you'll appear to wake up. This is like when somebody like jolts up bu- beside you in bed and is like. Yeah. Flailing. Flailing, but they're asleep. That's a night terror. Mm. Uh, you might call out, cry, move around, or show other signs of fear or agitation. The episode can last for up to several minutes, although you don't typically wake up. And most people fall right back to sleep after having one. What? Yeah. I hate that. I don't think I've ever had a night terror, if I'm going to be honest. I have a lot of dreams where I will have fallen asleep in, um, I will wake up, but I'm dreaming mm-hmm. and but i'll be in my bed i'll have i will think i'm awake yeah and a spider will crawl under my covers or will fall from the ceiling or some kind of an animal is in my room like a mouse or something like that and it's in my bed and i will get up out of bed and start screaming and realize that i'm dreaming but um, i'm out of bed <laughs> oh but like it's like the moment that the fear hits that I realize what's happening, that's when I wake up, but I'm reacting Already. as I'm waking up. And like, and I have to be like, it's like your body I'm woke dreaming. up before your brain did. Yeah. And so like, I have very conscious, like times where I'm like, I'm dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> I was dreaming. <laughs> but like in my dream, my light will have to be on or else I won't, like, I can't see what's happening. Mm-hmm. So normally that's the, the first thing that tips me off is I've had to turn on a light to, Yes. Where if you stand up out of bed and the light is off and the light was just on, then you know that you were trimming. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So anyway. Okay. Um, It is estimated 2% of adults have night terrors regularly. And people are also like, also less likely to remember a nightmare. uh, I'm sorry. People are less likely to remember a night terror than a nightmare. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that just because this like phase of sleep that you're in? I think so. And they're... I don't know if they're necessarily, like, shorter, but they seem like a burst rather than, like, like, a storyline. Got it. Um, Okay. Sleep paralysis. Oh, no. I hate this one. I'm so sorry. I'm going to go fast. Okay. Sleep paralysis is a temporary inability to move that occurs right after falling asleep or right before waking up. 
Uh, individuals remain aware during the episode, which frequently involve troubling hallucinations and a sense of suffocation. Oh. Fucking pass. I would know. I would actually pass away. I would. Th- I. My fear would literally take over my whole body. I would be. Oh God! I don't even know what I would do. I couldn't. I would die. I would straight up. My heart would stop beating. I'm sorry. I don't think I could survive that. <laughs> literally pass. Away. It would literally pass away. So scary. Oh, <laughs> uh, the equation for sleep paralysis is hallucinations minus muscle function plus scary minus control equals a fuck nope. <laughs> That's that is a sleep paralysis because you lose the ability to move. Like your muscles do not work. I. Oh my god. I've never been in that like situation ever. Where like I've never been able to move no. my muscles. Like I've never been numbed or like under anesthesia oh, really? like that. No. I've never wanted to move my muscles and then nothing did. Uh, like <laughs> I was under uh anesthesia for when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And I was much less concerned about, like, my body than I was about, like, what I was saying. Oh. Like, I didn't, like, even remember thinking about, like, oh, my God, I can't move my face or I can't move my You were, like, aware? You were aware? No. Like, after you wake up. Like, after they're pulling you out of it. Yeah. Um, But I guess I've never been... I've never been under and, like, been aware Mm. or been dreaming and not be able to move anything yeah weird hallucinations during sleep paralysis fall into three categories the intruder hallucinations which involve the perception of a dangerous person or presence in the room fuck no no uh -uh. fuck no no Uh, please end it all there's no way i would a thousand times be more afraid of like seeing a real human than seeing like some hoogity boogity in the corner of my ceiling Uh, it's toss up for me very scared of both. I will take the hoogity boogity. <laughs> the, people are what you should be afraid of. People are fucking nuts. Uh, yeah, they are. Um, chest pressure hallucinations, also called the incubus hallucinations, that require that incite a feeling of suffocation. These frequently occur along with the intruder hallucination. Hmm. Is that like? Is it like you're having a panic attack? Like, physically in real life, are you having, like, a panic attack so you feel like you can't breathe? Maybe. It wasn't really, like, described like that, per se. It was just um, the feeling of, like, somebody sitting on your chest. Ew. Which is, like, I think the old lady hallucination. And I didn't get into, like, the common hallucinations, but there are very common ones. Like, really? people tend to hallucinate, on the, like, an old man or an old lady or a small person, like, sitting on their chest. Like, no. Sorry, what do you mean a small person? Like a a childlike person. Oh, not like an Indians in the cupboard small. Thumbelina. <laughs> Thumbelina. No. Strangling I you. wish. Oh my gosh. Uh, vestibular motor hallucinations, the which... fuck is that? I don't know. VM hallucinations, which can include feelings of movement, um, such as flying or out-of-body sensations. <sighs> Uh, around 90% of episodes are associated with the fear hallucinations uh, instead of the more pleasant ones like flying. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have flying dreams? I've only had a few. 
I have them. I won't say like regularly, uh-huh. but I probably have like one good one once a year. Oh, that's fun. And every single time I realize I'm having a flying dream, I'm like, fuck yeah. So that's like your lucid dream. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't wake. I'm not like, oh, I'm in control of what's happening in my dream. I'm just like, I can fly. Hell yeah. Oh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's, I've only had, I think, probably one or two. And I was, I had that same, like, I can fly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I love it so much. Oh, oh, to be able to, like, also, like, really lucid dream that and be able to be like, I'm going to fly over the pyramids. I would be such a happier person. Me too. I'm going to work on trying to, like, lucid dream because you can train yourself to do it. I've heard, like, if you keep a dream journal Mm -hmm. and stuff. William is actually pretty good at manipulating his dreams. But he is also really vivid. What up, William? I'm sorry I'm airing your dirty laundry. Um, But, like, also has really vivid nightmares Mm -hmm. that are dark. Yeah, that's the thing is that... I want to be able to control my nice dreams and then I want to be able to get out of my bad ones. Mm, mm-hmm. And hopefully I think lucid dreaming might be able to help with that. Yeah. In I think some so ways. Too. I don't know if I know he is very good at lucid dreaming or like having control over that. So I don't know what the correlation is between that and then not being able to get out of his nightmares. Yeah. But going to try to work on it. I've been, I've started keeping a dream journal and like, if you think I will remember my dreams or I will be aware of my dreams like a lot while you're trying to go to sleep. The likelihood of you actually doing it is higher. Really? Right. Okay. 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 I'm going to will it into being. <laughs> I'm going to manifest that for yes. yourself. All right. Uh, premonition dreams or precognitive dreams. Precognitive dreams are dreams that give you an insight into the future. While scientific research hasn't found evidence to support the idea of prophetic dreams, people do commonly report dreaming about events or circumstances that did later happen. Including Taylor. Including me. Uh, There are also some famous examples, but I will also tell my, like, prophetic dream, my other one, um, at the end. Uh, About two weeks before his assassination, President Abraham Lincoln described a recent dream to his wife and a few of his friends. Uh, He dreamed of walking through the White House until he came upon a coffin. Upon asking a guard who had died, he was told the president was killed by an assassin. (gasps) And he told a bunch of his friends. Wow, they gave me chills. I know. Uh, Isaac Fruenthal and Eugene Daly were both passengers on the Titanic. Fruenthal had a dream before boarding that the ship he was on crashed into something and sank. He had the same dream after boarding the Titanic. Fruenthal survived the sinking, and his dream story has become a well-known instance of uh, precognitive dreaming. Daly had a significantly different experience. He boarded the Titanic in Queenstown and almost immediately mentioned to a friend that he dreamed the ship was going down. Every single night while aboard, he had the same scary dream. The day on on which the ship sank, Daly told his friend that they were going to sink that very night. Oh my god. Wait a minute. (laughs) Gross. So this has been a a very incredibly long-winded book report on no one really knows why we dream or how. (laughs) (gasps) The end. The end? Yeah. Okay. I got to the bottom of page eight and I was like, bruh. (laughs) You gotta reel it in. This is insane. There's so many theories and no one knows. I just feel like we are such, like, a big ball of, like, potential consciousness. Absolutely. That has been crammed 
into like a 1995 Windows DOS. Yes. That like is not able. Not capable. No, of doing everything that it's supposed to be able to do we're with the amount in of information. The right evolution yet. No, we're we not. haven't evolved enough. Our yet. bodies. Mm-mm. No, we're still in like Caterpie, and we're not at Butterfree yet. I would like to. <laughs> Fucking god. <laughs> I would like to have more cones in my eyes. Oh yeah, that would I, be nice. I want to. I want to see what a mantis shrimp sees. A what? A mantis shrimp. They have. Hold on. Fun fact about mantis shrimp: one, they're beautiful. Two, they're huge. And three, um, humans only have three cones in our eyes. Uh-huh. Um, that that's we can see like shade red, blue, and green, like yeah. those frequencies or whatever. Okay. Mantis shrimp have sixteen. <gasps> How many? Sixteen. We have three. They have sixteen. What can they see that we can't? All the colors. Well, I want to see all the colors. Like, your wall color could be, like, garblarp to a mantis shrimp. Uh-huh. And we, we're just, we like... We call it blue. It's blue. What? Is that wild? We don't even know what... What we just they know see. They can see more than us. <gasps> not fair. I'm so jealous. Like, and what are you even doing with that information? You are definitely not putting that to good use. You're just scurrying around in a creek bed somewhere. I just feel like this wasn't a fair distribution of eye cones. No. Not a good distribution of wealth and knowledge. Of resources. Ah! Tell me your other premonition dream that wasn't, um... Wasn't Little, Allie? Little baby Lucas. So, um... I had a dream on... August 25th of 2013 that my mom was dead and I in my dream uh we were at my young like my childhood house and uh my friend Allie and I were sitting on the porch uh across the street like we were sitting at my neighbor's house for some reason we were sitting on the porch swing and we were watching like EMS like come in and out of my childhood home Mm. and Allie was, like, holding my hand in my dream, and she was like, it's going to be okay. And I was like, I don't think it's going to be okay. My mom is dead. And I woke up out of a dead sleep. Woke up Ryan, was like, we got to go right now. Mom's dead. And he's like, you have school tomorrow. It was the first day of our sophomore sophomore. year. And um, I also worked at a retail store and had to do a floor set that morning. So I'd be there at six. And um, I remember like letting him kind of calm me down because I was like, like my mom really struggled with a lot of things. And so like I was very anxious about her Mm -hmm. most of the time. And especially there, there was a lot of other things happening. Yes. So... I, I was just like, yeah, he's probably right. I'm probably just super stressed. And I went into the store and one of the other managers came in and I was like, hey, I'm going to cut out early. This is what happened. And I told her like about the dream that I had. And I was like, I just, I have a feeling like that it was real. Something is very wrong. And so I uh, went to up to the front of the store to like clock out and the phone rang and I turned around and answered it. And it was my stepdad who was calling to tell me that my mom had died and I just fell to the floor. And I remember like looking up and seeing two of my managers, like look at each other, like this bitch just told us that that this was going to happen. And it, it was true. And I like, that was the first 
prophetic dream that I ever had that I remember being like a very momentous moment in my life that I was like, oh my God, I, I knew that this was going to happen, but yeah. It's insane. It's amazing. So crazy. Yeah. So (sighs) what's your uh, bright and shiny for the day? Um, my bright and shiny is that, um, is it too premature for me to say this? No, I don't think so. Um, I bought a house. Yay! Yay! I bought, it's like a, it's a whole ass house. It is a whole ass house. It's got a kitchen and a couple bathrooms and a few bedrooms and I am so excited. Space to sprawl out. Space to sprawl out. Uh, There's a loft. I didn't even know I wanted a loft until I had one. Yeah. Um, a little yard and Cute. it'll just... I can't wait to see it. I, I'm i excited for you to see it. So the next couple weeks are going to be a, a little bananas. A little whirlwind. A little whirlwindy. your friends Taylor and Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Which I understand that it has been whirlwind. <laughs> when has it not been a whirlwind? Was It was... I had a pretty calm... 2021 from like January 2nd through February 28th. I had a solid 60, 60 days. days. I, had, I had a good 60 days. Good. So. Okay. This, I can see that. This yeah. is a different kind of whirlwind. It's just going to be, you know, busy. So yeah. Yeah, well. We're just knocking all the big shit out in 2021. <laughs> we're, we're buying houses. We're getting yep. married. Uh-huh. We're... That was my 2018. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of, of shit in 2018. 2018. You did it with grace, though, and I'm I'm kind of going about it with the same tact that a drunk ostrich would in an <laughs> antique shop. Ostrich. I can't. No, I like it. Thank you. Oh my gosh. What's your bright and shiny? Um, let's think. I uh got to go out for dinner last night with um a few of the friends from work, and it was just really nice and lovely. We had a great time. A lot of laughter, and uh, we went to Club Soda, which is always good. Um, they make a damn good martini. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Somebody did not heed my two-drink warning. Uh-oh. Who got drunk? Ray. <laughs> <laughs> and he ordered three old-fashioned. You cannot get tangled in Club was, Soda like that. And he was like, I'm a professional. And mm. I was like, listen, like I know that you can drink, but I was like, I'm just warning you. Like, it's... Has he ever been? No. It was oh, his first time. yeah. It's a rookie mistake. Yeah. And you can't I, order more than two two cocktails. No. And I think that, like, as I know that I have said that before, but I think people just are like, <laughs> lightweight. No. You cannot drive home. You have no. to hang out in the parking lot for like an hour. Yeah. I had two martinis and then I ordered a vodka soda because those are like not tragic for me. Yeah. And I had both of my drinks before dinner. That's how you have to do it. Yeah. You got to like get your early drink in. Yes. Order one with the appetizers arrive. Yep. Drink that and then have your food. Yes. And that's your only hope. The only way out. I don't care how seasoned of a drinker you are. There's something about <laughs> vodka and club soda that just is different. Will mess you up. Oh my oh lord my almighty. But they're so good that. Oh god. They're good at it. Can we go to club soda? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Ready to go do that. Great. When do we have time? No. I, I mean, never. Okay, let's Literally. put it on the books for June. Okay. <laughs> we'll put it on there. Um, yeah, so that's my that's my bright and shiny. I love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. This has been like a spirally whirlwind, like a whole, we've taken you all <laughs> over the place. 
We got alien adjacent. We got we got nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. I don't know. If you have a lucid dreaming story, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. The time that you've gotten to control a dream or if that happens to you. Have you ever done um the Leo DiCaprio thing? Inception? Yeah. Have no. you ever had that happen to you? No. I that's something that happens to me pretty frequently. Really? That I will if I'm going about a dream and things get too weird mm-hmm. and then I'm like, wait, something's not lining up. And then I will wake up in a brand new situation, brand new dream people, brand new stuff and start going mm-hmm. around. And then I will wake up again and actually be awake. Weird. Yeah. No, I don't wake up multiple times in my dreams. Like the only time that I did that is with the spiders oh, where yeah. I think that I'm awake and then I do wake up. Yeah. <laughs> so bizarre anyway thanks for listening follow yeah. us on the social meds yep go follow us uh if you find it somewhere in your heart to leave us a review that's super super oh kind God. of you we it love is it so helpful to us you guys have no idea and we love texting each other about it oh my gosh someday maybe we'll post like our a day's worth of our conversations <laughs> back and forth and just the <laughs> screenshots that we end up sharing it's so embarrassing <laughs> don't watch the tiktoks we send to each other though like those oh. are private <laughs> It's just a never-ending string of thirst traps of varying sources. We never know what it's going to be. No, you just don't. Uh, Oh, um, Yeah, go follow us, do the things, leave reviews if your heart feels like it. Send us spooky raviolis. Do that. Our merch store is still up. Our website is still up. Yeah. You know, the regular. Have a great Friday. Be fucking kind to yourself. And kind to others. Goodbye. Goodbye.